Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Casual Conversations with Comic Creators. Um, my name is Nigel, I'm the MyMatter co-founder and you are here. Well, actually, I'm going to introduce our guests in a moment, let me do my, my pre, pre-introduction stuff. But uh, this is our live stream series, Casual Conversations with Comic Creators. It's a new show where I talk to a different comic creator about their journey and what goes into creating the work that they do. Do. Uh, so the idea for this is we're going to showcase the humans, the real people behind the art that we all enjoy and uh, find out about each person's story because everyone has a story. So like I said, my name is Nigel and I am here this month with a fellow manga creator, Shango Edenjobi. Shango, welcome and good to see you again because we haven't spoken in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for being here. And mm. yeah, so I mean, this is partly uh, like me just like catching up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, how, mm-hmm. how have you been? How's, what, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk about what you do and how you got to where you are. So, I mean, for the people watching, um, and hello for everyone watching live. Hello, Lord Paladin. Um, and people watching this later, just tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, what you're currently, well, maybe leave what you're currently working on all right so yeah my name is shango um i'm uk based uh i draw manga i'm an all-round artist because i'm also a professional dancer I didn't i've been know dancing that, for so I just something. you didn't know that what? No, even for okay. minutes, i just learned something <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just yeah that's that's my main that's my main thing really uh yeah i'm a professional dancer i've been dancing for over 10 years now but i also been drawing comics since 2014 so doing quick maths about eight years now before that i studied graphic design um at university level so i've always loved art and pursued art from a young age um and i always sort of knew i wanted to do comics but i didn't i didn't know like the academic route to get into comics so i sort of pursued things that were as close as possible to it which was graphic design in my opinion and so yeah i I fell into graphic design for a bit after university bounced around doing freelance work and eventually started creating comics yeah that's what that's what i've been doing what i've done lately uh i'm always drawing i'm always creating a lot of stuff that i haven't put out because i'm quite judgmental of my own work but uh oh yeah we can get yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure we will i'm sure we will so that's that's a bit about me at the moment all right so i know we're here to talk comics and we will but uh i gotta let's go on the on the dance thing uh-huh what kind of dance and how did those two things come about? Like, were, yeah. were you always interested in both or were you always interested in dance and then comics came along? And mm. that? So that's a no. I wasn't interested in dance until end of college. Art was my main thing. I always drew. I didn't even think of dance before that or I didn't even dance at all. But uh, funny story how I got into dance was just there was a talent show in college and I think someone was doing, one of my friends was doing a, a piece and one of their members dropped out and they were like, ran into the common room and just, I was just like, sitting there and they were like, Shango, <laughs> yeah, literally, it was literally like that. They're like, Shango, can you fill in? And I was like, what? I don't even dance. I don't know what to do. And they're like, come on, we need you. So it's an emergency. You know, you'll be saving our life. I was like, okay, why not? So I just, I just gave it a go and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was terrible. And I think the video is probably on YouTube somewhere, but you'll never find it. So, and I'll never reveal it. 
So yeah, that was my first experience dancing and I really enjoyed it. And um, then I thought to myself, let me try and find some classes. And funny enough, this is even going way back. So I had a friend in school, in secondary school, that always used to tell me, oh, you should come to dance class. It's really fun, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, don't do that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm about my drawing thing. I'm about my drawing thing. And that day that I thought, let me find some classes, I literally bumped into her on the street near my house. Like, no, no word of a lie. She doesn't even live around there. We just bumped into each other. And it was, I was like, wow, this is, this is weird. This is some weird coincidence. And I said to her, oh, you know, we got talking. And I said, what about those dance classes that you should try and get me to go to? And she was like, yeah, I'll bring you along. So that was my first, like, dance class that I went to. And that's where I met, like, my first dance teacher, uh, Bismarck. And um, so I just started dancing in a youth center doing, K- it was called KCK, Creative Culture Club. Uh, and I did that for about a year, really enjoyed it. We, we did lots of like community performances and stuff. And then that sort of fed into my dance teacher, Bismarck, asking me, oh, you should audition for our crew, our dance hip hop crew. So that's when I transitioned into like a, a proper professional dance crew. Um, we did a lot of like competitions, battles, shows, did some stuff internationally, did some stuff on TV like got to dance and things like that uh brent's got talent as well and then that segued into my crew was but i was in i was on got to dance which was on sky one this was in like 2012 or something like that i think it was 2012 yeah so that was my that was my whole adventure uh, into dance and then i sort of transitioned into the theater world after that um when i left that crew i joined a hip-hop theater company uh and i'm still part of them today and they're called far from the norm and we do yeah, a lot of hip hop theatre, uh, a lot more like serious pieces that deal with like political themes. I guess it sort of incorporates storytelling as well, uh, but on stage and through movement. So in my head, they sort of like my, my comics path, uh, writing and with my dance, they sort of cross over and feed quite well into each other uh, in sure. terms of storytelling and, and movement and things like that. So. Yeah, wow. I'm yeah. just listening, learning. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so you were drawing before and then you got pulled into the world of dance and then you made like the drawing thing official. You you were doing more. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess that's, at yeah. some point I entered this story because that's when I, I discovered like you as a as an artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what it is? I just sort of, um, it's always been my ethos to just give things a go. And don't be afraid to just try new things. And I think that's how I'd sort of jumped into dance on that first day that I was asked to do that talent show. But also all the opportunities that have sort of come my way with comics as well. I've sort of had that same ethos to be like, just give it a go. I'm totally out of my depth, but you learn as you go. And I think all the best people do. Um, so I just try and take a leaf out of their book and do that. And yeah, this is, this is I've ended up where I am today. So, I mean, let's talk about the, the comics and manga specifically. So, uh, mm. you are a fellow manga creator. Um, I am. You are uh, also black. So, that's two black manga creators in the UK that I know. Mm. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if there uh, are any others. Um, <laughs> what made you decide to go the, the manga route for your uh, your storytelling? Mm. You've always been a, a fan? Yeah, yeah, I have been. It's weird. I think I'm not sure if everyone has that similar story, but like you sort of fall in love with manga before you know it's manga. You know, like if I think about me and stuff I liked when I was younger, you had stuff like Pokemon and you're like, this is different. I don't know what it is, but it's different and I like it. Uh, And so I feel like that was my first taste of like, you know, Japanese animation and that kind of storytelling and and that style. And then um, getting a bit older, reading comics and things, I was sort of 
you know, Western comics have a lot of like superhero stuff and that's what you sort of saw on the shelves. But in like, I think it was 2001 or two, or 2002, I came across um, manga on the shelf. I found Naruto and I found One Piece on the shelf. And I was like, what? There's, there's <laughs> comics about pirates and there's comics about ninjas. I was like, okay, let me read these. Let me read these. And I loved it just because it was so, the stories that it, it came with were so different to what I've, what I've seen previously, the art style. And also like, I guess, you know, you being young and, and getting a taste of a comic that actually shows a bit of graphic violence. You're like, well, this is, this is uh, I don't know if I should be reading this, but I'm going <laughs> to read it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I think that sort of like attracted me about manga. But then even though it shows that there is a seriousness to the storytelling that I, I really, I really connect with. And I think, yeah, just the portrayals of characters' journeys in that I really connected to. And I think the sort of the dynamic art style I really loved. So yeah. I think that's what attracted me to it, that I wanted to sort of recreate that with my own, with my own work. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And that whole, like, uh, I was watching anime before I knew it was anime kind of thing. Yeah. I, I did the same. Yeah. And even like yesterday for our, uh, our podcast, uh, Story X Story, we were talking to uh, someone who also saw a similar thing as she was growing up. <laughs> But for me, so I was watching Transformers. Ah, um, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and that as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> just watching like VHS tapes of Transformers, renting them out at the local, um, <laughs> yeah, a local video video store. Blockbuster, um, blockbuster. It wasn't blockbuster. It was, um, uh, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was. It was off brand. Let's just say it was off brand. I can't remember what it was, but it okay. was blockbuster. Um, okay. But it was within walking distance because I, I can't remember the nearest blockbuster was like a bus ride um, away. So yeah. It was within walking distance, getting Transformers and then watching um, uh, Samurai Piece of Cats. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, no, I don't know that one. No, uh, no. You have to look that. Sam- it, it's as it Samurai sounds Peter like. Samurai Piece of Cats. Yeah, Samurai Piece of Cats. Okay. That was another okay. one where I didn't even think like this is anime or it's just a cartoon yeah really cool. yeah then you get into like the art style and everything and i'm i've got a weird journey because i went a long way without being aware of of manga um okay yeah and because you've met briefly my co-founder uh lao uh mm-hmm. who's no longer involved but a lot of the influence came from him because he's always been into it uh, and i sort of okay. like learned from him um and then obviously since starting a manga brand um being way more aware but it's always been cool to like find out people's journeys and and how they got mm. um interested and pulled into the world of anime and manga yeah yeah and then you talked about like the characters as well because there's always that like comparison between like western and sort of japanese manga styles find like mm. the types of characters that are portrayed are different like the types of characters that are that tend to be protagonists and like leading roles in mm. anime and manga would be like side characters in in western comics by and large mm, like, generalizing. Okay. Yeah. Um, i don't know if you found that that like, you tend to get sort of more introverted characters characters who maybe like don't believe in themselves all the time but then they're put front and center and they have to step up in a sense yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah you're right because it's like the characters imperfection well characters that feel real are the ones with imperfections you know and it's mm. like a lot of manga protagonists have a lot of imperfections and that's that's something that we enjoy we enjoy it. We connect with them because we're like, yeah, yeah, no one's perfect. And we like to see them go against obstacles that really test them and really push them to grow. And I think for me, reading, you know, Western comics, like the, all the superhero genres, especially having characters that 
I mean, you know, you had characters like Peter Parker who had their imperfect, who had his imperfections as well, and and things like that. But the obstacles for them didn't seem as hard in some cases. Yeah, I think just because I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's the format of of the comics themselves because it's like you know, with manga, you the story is told from beginning to end, and there is no re re editions or redos of that story. The narrative stays the same. Whereas, you know, with superhero comics, there's always re new editions coming out, new yeah. versions of the story. So you might pursue one and be like, I really liked this one. But then Batman or Spider-Man, there'll be another version of it that comes out, story retold again. And you have to yeah. sort of reinvest in a new character in a new oh, way. And I think that's, I don't know, that sort of... You're not a fan of that? Yeah, I'm not. I, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. I get what you mean, like, the idea is so, like, one, you've got sort of different versions of the character, different, like, timelines, in, and in two... They can just rewrite and like, you go like they restart the character arc and then you yeah, go the same yeah. the same overall arc but like maybe a different artist, different writer and it's a slightly different story. So yeah, I know, yeah. I've never even considered that yeah. actually. Whereas manga, does that not happen as much in in manga? I guess it does. No, not at all. Not really. That's if they do episodes, sort of expand right? on a franchise, then they would what probably do like a prequel, or yeah. they would do uh, another character in the same world. Like they wouldn't do the same character that makes yeah. sense so you know you've got like sword art online then you oh. had i think gun girl online which was set in the same world but it was on a different game server right. and you know you have like attack on titan and then you have um they did another one called attack on titan before the fall or something like that and i think that was following um levi or levy's story when he was younger you know so they're setting them in the same world and they're sort of expanding on the story but they're following a different character and i think that's more interesting because it expands the lore of the world and it doesn't alter Things that yeah, are already established. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, because I think it's hard to it's hard to know or learn about a character if their experiences keep changing. Because I feel like the experience make the character. You know. Mm. So if in one version of a story, you know, a character typically, you know, like their parents were killed in a certain accident, and that shaped them and their decisions to become a hero. You know. And then in another version, it's like actually. You know, one parent killed the other and they became the villain. And you're like, okay, that's shaped the story in a different way now. You know, the character is going to have a different personality or if they don't, why don't they? You know, so it's, yeah, I think there's, I don't know, in the, in, that's my opinion. In the craft, there's different, different ways to approach it. And I think, yeah, it can become a bit complicated or hard to invest in the character if, if, if that's your approach to developing their story arc. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting yeah, perspective yeah. on that. I, I didn't consider yeah. that. Um, I mean, if uh, people in the chat, I mean, let us know what you think about sort of that that comparison between mm. restarting character storylines or just manga extending, or in the case of One Piece, uh, however many thousands of episodes. <laughs> forever. Yeah, I know. One Piece forever. <laughs> the so in terms of like your so you're like into into manga and everything. Were there uh, when it comes to actually, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna learn to draw these things. Mm. What was there a particular inspiration um, in that in those early stages from a, either like a particular title or a particular person? Mm. I think earlier on, a lot of my influence probably came from I'm that Naruto gen- generation. So you know, you had the big three of One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach at that time. And um, oh, Dragon Ball Z, isn't that? That was before Dragon Ball Z was before them. The generation oh, yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Looking at the sort of influence, they, I think they say, you know, Dragon Ball Z was like one of the game changers in Shonen. And then from that, 
the children of Dragon Ball Z was <laughs> yeah. the big three, yeah. which was, I think, Naruto, Bleach and One Piece. And um, yeah, I was sort of like, it's funny because, you know, in school amongst your, your people, you always had people that were like, I'm team Bleach or I'm team this and that. And they're like, oh. And um, so I was I, I was really into Naruto at the time. And um, I think that really heavily influenced my art style. If I look at a lot of my earlier works, definitely was influenced by them. Uh, and then I sort of, I did eventually transition into One Piece. One Piece was quite influential yeah. with my stuff as well. I think what drew me more about One Piece was more the storytelling than the art. I think once I, I really cottoned on to the, the depth of the character developments and the storytelling, then I really enjoyed One Piece a lot more. And then as I got older from there, I think a lot more sort of seinen art styles started influencing me. So I think Claymore was one that I was like, this is this is great. This is good. I like this. Mm. And yeah, there was a manhwa called, um, a Korean manga called Shaman Warrior that at the time I didn't realize that there was a difference between you know manga manhwa and um yeah i just jumped into that vein as well and sort of, sort of started to explore explore some korean manga and um i yeah that title influenced me but i think more up to date now my my heaviest influence is is uh, berserk at the moment <laughs> okay really 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 <laughs> really got me into that one yeah how would you describe like your particular style of of manga comics it's interesting because i i i i think i'm I've got two extremes to my style. I'm quite real, like there's a lot of realism in my style, but then in terms of like character, character expressions um, and the comedic elements, I'm quite cartoony. So I've been told, uh, which was uh, by my friend, um, Dan Byron, who's also a creator. He was like, Oh, like I told, I said to him, you know, my influence or my style is sort of like, it feels like it's a mix between uh, one piece and uh, berserk or, or Claymore. And he was like, that's a really good description like of your style because you've got the cartoony elements of One Piece but then a lot of the realism of those things like Berserk and Claymore and I was like yeah okay that does that does fit my style and I like I like them both because I like I think my storytelling or stuff that I like to read I really like art styles that immerse you in the world yeah so I like a lot of detail I like to see I like to know characters relations in the space that they're in um so if a lot of panels are blank or yeah, I like to I like the world to be built, the environment, yeah. yeah. Um and sort of the composition. I like to understand where the characters are in this space. I think that uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. Because I think that can really add to the scene and tension of certain moments. Yeah, it's um, getting that sense of place, you mean. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, like if two characters are like in a shootout and or or like they're in a standoff and they've they both just lost their weapon, you know, and there's like a sword between them and you know one character is closer than the other, you're like, Oh, that's that's tense like <laughs> yeah. that you've already set up this situation it's like oh how is this character going to get out of this but if you don't understand the space where they're standing and who's closer to what then it kind of loses that impact as well you know and that's right. that's the power of visual storytelling so visual storytelling. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. okay i like that and in yeah. terms of like speaking of storytelling i know uh when we first met i remember one of the things that you brought up was this um one page comic idea mm. Yeah. So can you tell us like what that was involved in and how you came to be doing like sort of single stories on a, not complete stories on a single page? Yeah. So I feel like, I think everyone starts off the same in manga. Like if there's so many creators that I've come across that I speak to and it's like, you know, oh, I've got this big story that I want to tell 
and it's, it's going to be an epic. It's got these characters. They've got these galactic forces and it's like such a big story. And everyone has one. I know everyone has one. They call, I, I call it their baby. They're, they've got their baby. And they're just nursing. Every now and again, they put more into it, you know. And I was the same. I was like, this is why I'm going into comics. I've got this big epic to tell and I want to I wanna get it out there. But um, when it's so big and you don't know the craft and you're new to it, it's very hard to 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 create that, to, to, to commit to it, to start it, to... You don't even know how to get into it, you know. And so I think I needed I needed a, a way to to sort of condense condense that and understand it better. Uh, and then in 2014, um, what's his name? Is it Tariq? I think it's Tariq or Tari. Sorry, I forgot his name. But um, he he runs the London Graphic Novel Network. Um, oh, Tari. And they did Tari. There we go. Sorry, my bad. Tari. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's someone else. I know that's called Tariq. So I was like, okay. wires crossed. <laughs> But um, yeah, so he did in 2014, he did a, a one page comic competition and it was just to create one one complete story on one piece of A3 paper. Uh, and I was like, OK, might as well give that a go. That was like my my first opportunity to sort of get into comics properly. And I thought, let me commit to this project because it's not big and I can I can get it done. And it was only two weeks to the deadline. So I was like, this is good. I've got a deadline. It's a press ride environment. Let's get this done. So that was my first experience to like create a story. And I did it. And it really tested me. You really have to like strip back. It gets rid of all the unnecessary stuff. You're like, what, what, what do I need to make a story work? You know. So that was my first try and making a one-page comic, and it was really successful. I won that competition, and so through that, I I got to talk on a a panel at Westminster Library um, that was called Breaking Into Comics, um, which was in 2015, I think. Yeah. And on that panel, I met uh, a writer called Emmanuel Adelaikun, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've met Manny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you have. Yeah, I collaborate with him a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my first time meeting him, and and so he liked. He saw my my work, and he really liked it. And so we got talking after that, and he was he suggested we sort of like break that down, break that story down, and really dissect it and be and understand what made it work so well, and um, devise a way to sort of recreate that using the tools that we thought make good stories. And so from that, we we sort of made a series called the One Page Comic Collection, which is sort of um a bound collection of 10 short stories uh, using that same kind of format to do a beginning, middle and end with a twist, telling a complete story on one page. So that's available on Amazon. And yeah, that that really, really worked. It really worked well. People really engaged with it at the time that we were creating it and putting them out there just to see if people really get it. And that really helped me understand the bare bones of storytelling much better. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and since then, I've been able to sort of scale up from one page to doing four page stories and then doing eight page stories for manga g-man and then doing a 24 page story for you know like a, doing an issue and then since then i've made some longer stories i mean that's a yeah yeah that's a good way to go about it um so speaking mm. of like the everyone has their epic and everything so when we started we had this idea to do like we had the idea for my matter and we we're going to do four different stories with four different artists and they were each going to be <laughs> Uh, more, many many pages so we did um uh, we did a kickstarter and this is when kickstarter wasn't available in the uk so i had right. a friend who was in the us and we we're going to use his or we did use his uh social security number and bank details to connect okay to kickstarter it was a whole thing and then we wanted to get um uh ten ten thousand dollars to put that together uh, and we got to four. And for people who uh, may not know, Kickstarter is all or nothing. So either you, you yeah. it 
or you get nothing. So we got nothing. But it was even, when I look back, it was even amazing to think that people gave us or were willing to give us collectively $4,000. Well, we yeah, had yeah. no track record <laughs> of making comics, no history or anything. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was something. But um, after that kind of, that, that reality check, we then went back and focused on one story. Okay. Um, even so, because it ended up being like a 50-page story, and then we, we put that together uh, after a successful uh, Indiegogo campaign, and then we sort of built mm-hmm. them. But it was definitely a, a realisation of, okay, let's... Because uh, even if we did get the money for that, that initial 10K, I don't know what we would have done. Because, <laughs> 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 uh, like, honestly, we never made a, a comic. Um, but before. you'll never know, you know, because it never... It worked out you'll never know you might have yeah might have you would have done it you would have done it we would have done something i'm sure yes exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so, yeah but i mean to your point about like starting small i think that's a good uh bit of advice for like people starting out where you especially if you've not if you've not done the thing before you don't always appreciate mm-hmm. what goes into it and like you say the the bare bones of storytelling that building a sort of good world world building from moving from beginning to middle uh to end it just starts small, as small as uh, you you can, um, as it makes sense for your project. But it's yeah. definitely good advice for people just to start and, and then build up rather than reach for the the stars on the first attempt and then get frustrated yeah. when you can't put it together. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely say yeah. L- learn your learn the craft, mm. learn the craft because it all it all helps in the end. And you know you want to create. You're, you're devoting time. One thing I've realized over my time of making comics up to, to date from when I started is like you're, you're devoting. It takes a lot of time to create a comic. It's a very yeah. slow process. Uh, one of the slowest, I think, as well, I don't know. An- animation is animation very, slow, very is, tedious. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, if you're not a fast drawer artist or like, you know, you want to you want to you're drawing a lot of detail or whatever. But the process takes a while. So because you're devoting so much time to this. The outcome that you you come you, you you create and you give out to people, you want it to be good. You want it to to be read. You want it to be shared. So in order to do that, you need to make sure it is the best level that you can create yourself. So I would say, yeah, definitely invest in learning how to do it well. And there's so much information out there available that you can you can learn the tools to create good stories and and yeah. stuff. And I would always say the story is more important than the art, um, in oh, my opinion. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, um, as someone who can't draw, uh, I would agree with you. <laughs> I would say <laughs> <laughs> that's the that is the key part. But okay, that's interesting. Because do you think you can you can overcome a bad story with good art? No, not 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 in the long run. No, mm. not at all. Because people people would look at it, it would it would grab people straight away and be like, yeah. "Oh, this is amazing!" They're straight away, they're like, "This is amazing!" And you'll 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 start reading it, and then you'd be like, "Oh, that that was great!" And you'd put it down, and then someone would be like, "Would you buy issue two? And I reckon they'd be like, nah, that was all right, you know. Like, I would look at the art, that would be great, but they'd be like, nah, it was, it's cool, you know. Mm. But if the artwork is not that great, but the story grabs you, it's hard to catch you with bad art, I must admit, because yeah, we are creatures that are grabbed visual. by yeah. visual attention first, you yeah. know. Is that saying, like, never judge a book by its cover, which is true, unless you're talking about books, and then <laughs> that's the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, we say that, but we do it all the time, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just in our nature. But, yeah, so... If you yeah, if you pick up a if, if you pick up a comic and you start reading it and straight away it grabs you with the story, you're you're hooked. No matter how good or bad the art is, you know. I think One Piece had that problem, especially in the West, because it's so cartoony as compared to the other two at the t- the other two yes. at the time of the big three. 
pe- people like One Piece was the lowest. It was always between Naruto and Bleach. They were like, oh, these two are sick. This is amazing. And One Piece used to sit at the bottom. But look at the track record now. Which one is still going, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's because the story of One Piece is really good. Really good storytelling, you know? And once you get into it, it overcomes the art. Once you're in, you're like, you know what? The art actually adds to it. The cartoon, like the style of it, almost like the cartoony element. The or It fits with the story, exactly. And it also becomes... It becomes the identity of this of the story, you know. Like when you see the style, no matter how good or bad it is, you're like, I know where that's from, and 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 it just gives you that joy of knowing, yeah, that that I recognize that that's from yeah. this, you know. No, so makes sense. I mean, for you, because you can do both. Uh, is there one that you're better at, or one that you have to like? You know, sometimes you some things come easier to people, so is yeah, there one that comes easier to you. Yeah, I'm I'm a better artist. I was an artist to begin with. And, you know, I just thought, yeah, I can do comics. And I thought comics was just all about the art. But once I started working with uh, Manny, yeah. uh, Emmanuel, he really started teaching me the craft because he's a writer. So mm. when we collaborated, we we shared skills. So he taught me writing stuff. He told me stuff to look at, stuff to read. And I sort of illustrated some of his stories. And we still continue that that dynamic today. But since I've been studying it, now I'm like, ah, oh, there's so much to learn. There's so much that can be done with it. And so... Writing is, um, I feel like I'm weak in writing. Mm. Um, so I work on it a lot more than my art now. There's sort of like, not that I'm complacent with my art, but I know I know enough to to do the craft that I'm like, let me get the, let me get the story done. Like, for example, if I was doing Manga G-Man yeah. and I've got four months to do something, I would spend three months doing the story. I like that, that that's, that's, there's no rush for that. I'm, I'm going to mm. really, really get into this. And then the last month, I'll just bang out the artwork. I'll be like, yes, fine. Okay. I can do this. The story's there. As long as I've got the story down, the art is fine. So okay. that's me. That's me. <laughs> we can talk about Manga because um, So one, you're a previous winner. Uh, so we'll get to that. But mm. just as you mentioned, Manny, because I remember actually uh, having a conversation with, with Manny. I think it was at Manga Juman. It might have been the one that you won. I might have been there. I'm just like putting pieces Okay. Together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, that was be uh, 2017 then. Maybe. Mm. I mean, let's say, who knows, time. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, having a conversation with Manny, because um, it's st- actually stuck in my head because we were talking about flashbacks and mm-hmm. the value of flashbacks in a story and how to do them right. And for whatever reason, that's just stuck in my head for all those years because I think okay. at the time I was working on a story, uh, Hot Lunch, which is one of the stories in our, our universe. And there were some yeah. like, key flashbacks. I think at the time... It hadn't been finished, or at least like the first few pages, like twenty-four pages. But I was working on the the, the full first volume, which is like which is like a hundred and hundred and twenty pages somewhere around there. And there were some key mm-hmm. flashbacks related to the character. I remember having a conversation because Manny he brought up some good points, but it made me like rethink what I was doing and like is okay, this the right thing? Okay. Uh, and I think since that day, I've always like questioned the use of flashbacks in my work and other people's work. Yeah, I think the point he yeah. was making they can ruin the flow of yeah. of the story. So it's like, why are they there? Are they necessary? And yeah, that's just stuck in my Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what? For me, I've never been a fan of flashbacks, you know? Really? Like, no, I haven't. Yeah. Just for that. I think it's the whole thing of like, if, if we've, if a story is progressing and I'm like, cool, this is building up to something. And then it gets to a point when it goes, now we need to go back and know why we are here. I'm like, yeah, I know what, I'm, we're here now. Like, I don't want to go back because I know where it's going to okay. get to. 
So it kind of, for me, it's almost like I already know where it's going to get to. So I'm like, oh, do I really need to go but through then, this to get there? All right, but then it's, obviously I've got to defend them because I'm, I'm using them <laughs> in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a, on an emotional level, it kind of adds emphasis to that moment. So if there's like meaning, uh, so the way I've used it, like the character, um, I've used it to show like the relationship with their father uh, and how, mm-hmm. what the actions they're taking today have been influenced mm-hmm. by the past. So the way I see it is like you, because it, it does, like there's no way around it. It does, in a way, interrupt the flow. So you're going forward in yeah. the story and you have to go back. But I guess the yeah. way is almost like um like a cat, is it catapult? What's the thing you pull back? Like you pull back a catapult? Yeah, or like a yeah, slingshot. Like a slingshot, yeah. I would say that mm, that way. Mm. If you're going to go back, once you leave the flashback, it's got to be like, all right, now I've got this this new information. Yeah, yeah. This, this moment I'm in, it means yeah. a lot more. So now we're going to go forward with this new information and it, it, it just mean, takes a whole new meaning. Yeah, it does, yeah. No, I agree with you because, uh, yeah, we all, we, we have, it has to be used, yeah. especially if it's used right, definitely, yeah. for sure. But I was yeah, because I, I, I use it in my own work as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll forever be thinking about, like, is this the right way to use flashbacks? <laughs> and um, mm. even in shows mm. that I've watched as well. But, um, like I said, the, the Manga Man, which I'm going to say it was the same one that you won. So you won the Manga Man competition. So for people mm. uh, watching who uh, might not know, can you explain what it is and what you had to do to, to win that? So uh, Manga G-Man is a manga competition run worldwide, but um, the UK one is Manga G-Man UK is run by the Japanese embassy. Um, and it was set up by the Japanese embassy to sort of celebrate Japanese culture um, and to promote manga as part of that as well. Um, and so it's an annual competition that is open every year from June to November, roughly. And it basically challenges you to create a short comic up to six to eight pages long on a theme that they give you for that year. So every year the theme changes. Um, they also have, um, it's open for any age category. Uh, they also have um, a Yonkama competition, which is to create a, a four panel, one page short story. And that's usually targeted at the younger audience, I think from 11 upwards. But yeah, so, so it's just a sort of comic competition to create stuff and anyone can enter it. You know, you just create a story and send it in. And yeah, the year that I, I won it was, the theme was Dreams. So I had to create a story around the theme of dreams. And I picked um, the dream catcher from the Native American culture. Um, I did some research into that and found sort of some mythology around the idea of where it comes from and like, you know, the spirit involved. And yeah, that was, that was, that's it. And was that an original story you had made specifically for that or something you had working on before? Uh, an original story for that. Story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 Ooh. yeah. I like to like? research. It was it was good. It was challenging. Uh, the year before was the first time I'd entered Manga G-Man uh, and that I discovered it. Um, so that year, the theme was Sites of Japan, which was quite a difficult one. So you had to pick sort of like, I guess, a location in Japan to write a story about. And so, yeah, I used it again. A lot of stuff that I find to do when it has a deadline, it helps me create the work because, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you could, you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. You could, you couldn't be working on something for a long time, yeah, you know, yeah. De- but, oh, it's not perfect. And a budget are two, two greatest motivators. <laughs> deadline and what, sorry? And a, and a budget. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, these competitions were great to like create work, like, because there was a deadline. Uh, and also like there's a, there's a restriction restrictions are good as well because like giving you a theme 
Otherwise, your story can go anywhere and everywhere, or there's elements that you can pull in that are can totally muddy your story or make it too complicated. So mm. the fact that there's a theme sort of strips down and narrows down the story to, okay, it has to be around this. And so, yeah, I always use these sort of things as a challenge to, to see if I can create a really good story with these restraints uh, in place. And yeah. so, yeah, Manga Man was a really good opportunity for me to do that and create some some new work. Yeah, I think that's one of the one misconception about creativity where people think to be creative, you need to like, no restrictions, I need like complete freedom to do anything. But that could be quite yeah. um, debilitating, like, where actually I find the best creativity comes from sort of navigating whatever the constraints are for your craft and giving you those like, okay, here's the theme, here's the number of pages, here's the time you have, go. And then he's like, okay, yeah. I, can, I can make something happen. Yeah, that's it. I think um, I've been listening to these podcasts on Spotify by, um, I think it's called the You Are a Storyteller. That's what the podcast series is called. And the two people that speak on it are Jesse Bryan and Brian McDonald. They're two screenwriters in America. And they just discuss a lot of themes and topics around storytelling, around the craft of it, how to do it well. And I think one of the things they mentioned was things like um, restraints are good. Mm. Restraints are really good, you know. Uh, and and just because I think there's a, there's a problem now with like, for example, in writing, for example, you have like the craft of storytelling has, you know, you've got the hero's journey. You've got like the story circle. You've got these sort of mechanics or systems in place that have been established because they work. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of younger creators that are like coming out, learning them and being like, well, I want to I want to tell a story in a different way. I want to I want to break this. You know, I want to create a unique story. And, you know, I think they they it's funny because they always say yeah, it's good to try it out, but it won't work because, <laughs> you know, these <laughs> these systems are in place because For they are intrinsic to being human. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they've been honed and mastered and understood for years and they understand that every story in existence that is memorable and good have some connection to these these writing structures, you know. And so, you know, you trying to break away is actually a bit detrimental. Like the, the restraint of the of the writing system is good for you. It's good for your craft because it's there to help you get this theme or this idea across into a story format and and able to be like translated and read by by your audience. Yeah, so yeah, restraints. I'm I'm learning now. Restraints are good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> restraints are good. Really and good. I think certainly with those, those formats, because you think like, oh, if I follow the formula, all the stories are going to be the same, and that can be the no, case if it's all. not done yeah. well. But it doesn't have to be. You can no, because even I don't know if you think of like Quentin Tarantino. I always think like one of my favorite films, Pulp Fiction. Mm. It still has mm-hmm. it's, it's all out of order, <laughs> but it's still ordered. The beats are are there. It's just in, are there. So it's yeah, different ways exactly. to do it, but you have to know what it is to be able to mess around with the formula. You can go, you know, a bit out, but you have to understand what it is first versus yes. I'm just going to put it aside and do my own thing. That's probably yeah. not going to work. Unless That's it, yeah. <laughs> well, he's a master of, of character. Mm. He's a master of character. He knows how to write really good characters and really good dialogue between those characters. I think that's the strength of his storytelling. So even though his story structure is seems er- like erratic and stuff it makes sense because the characters really hold it together really yeah. hold it together yeah. and even some storylines can be really simple like um, the hateful eight is a very simple storyline yeah. but because you've got eight characters that are so interesting and so dynamic and the setting of this scene is all in one place it's just all in one cabin you know you've got all these eight characters in this one cabin and the whole film is just set in the same place 
and you're glued the whole time because you're like these characters are amazing like the the, the backgrounds the the interactions like the frictions between them so Mm. yeah he's a master of that definitely do you find you learn in terms of like your storytelling you learn a lot from other other mediums yeah Yeah. i do all the time especially i always try and look for stuff that is good um I'm, i'm really bad at doing it i always wait for like you know someone credible to recommend something to me I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll watch yeah. that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, because it's, I don't know, it's time consuming. I think, like, I, I would, I hate to invest in watching something for it to be rubbish. And I'm like, I'll yeah. just wait, I'll, that's time I will never get back. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. So, you know, I wait for someone to say, this is really good. And like, you should, you should check this out. And if I hear enough people, you know, raving about it, I'm like, okay, I'll have yeah. a look. And, okay. you know, if, if episode one grabs me or a few episodes in, I'll be like, yeah, okay, I'm with this, you know. So is there anything recently that has that has grabbed you that you've you've learned from? You've been able to like take something from and think I, I might be able to apply this to one of my stories. Yeah, the two most recent things I've watched have been Arcane and uh, The Witcher in terms of like oh, the Witcher. series, yeah, storytelling. Okay. But I, I've not seen The Witcher, but I have seen Arcane, so we can talk about that. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Because I was gonna say like The Witcher was great, but there was a lot of things in there that I, I would say taught me not to do, things not to do. Okay. That sort of, sort of I think, didn't add to the storyline very well or made things confusing. Because mm. I think it's important for stories to have clarity in, in, in certain scenes, certain messages that they're trying to convey for the story to progress. That's something that I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do something like that. Okay. But this is different opinions, different opinions. But Arcane, yeah, I learned a lot okay. of good oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, I don't <laughs> want to turn this into an Arcane, Arcane show. We I know. Could, if you haven't watched do. Arcane, like, go and watch Arcane, okay? Like, it is <laughs> amazing. Like, honestly, it's, it's, first of all, as a video game adaptation, it's way better than it has. It needs to be. Like, it doesn't even need mm. to be. Better. And because mm. we, funny enough, we're just doing... Uh, so yesterday we just recorded a podcast episode on Arcane. So we did a, mm-hmm. a retrospective on it with um, uh, Wesley Lewis, who is the director and uh, co-founder of the Lion Animation Studio, which is a London-based animation studio who have also done some work with Riot Games on mm-hmm. Arcane music video. But we're just saying like, even at least for me to call it a video game adaptation always does it a disservice because that kind of <laughs> like always oh, good for a video game adaptation no no it's it's absolutely a masterpiece of just storytelling visual storytelling character arcs and everything and if you haven't seen yeah. it if you're watching this and you haven't seen it just do yourself a favor and uh, you just have to watch it but i mean in terms of like learning things i was watching it and i'm like it's one of those things like it's it's so good that as a creator i was like Oh, I need to rethink how how because there's one story in particular I'm working on. I'm like, oh, I need to go rethink that because um maybe it could be better because <laughs> while watching this, yeah, you can't help but learn something from it. Yeah, I think for me, like the struggle that I'm having at the moment in terms of where I'm at with my storytelling is learning how to learning how to tell the stories of multiple characters overlapping at the which same time, does. which this does very well, very well. Yeah, really, really well, and. Um, it's very hard to do. I think a lot of people think it is easy because you have a lot of things like it, it, it's sort of like the trend now to have teams, you know, like you've got Avengers mm. out there, mm. you've got all these superhero teams. Mm. Then, you know, with like mangas that we read, there's always like 
the, the cast of three characters like yeah. you know naruto has the main three you know jujutsu kaisen had the main three you know like that bleach has their team of characters yeah. so it's like yeah there, there's a team black clover as well has its its team um but it's like it's very hard to juggle each story like there's always a character that sometimes falls to the back or gets dropped or yeah. you know Game their storyline is not as interesting so space story space exactly exactly yeah so it's you know learning how to do that um i think for me is 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 the, the thing that i'm trying to work out now how to do it well yeah. um and yeah arcane is a very good example of of doing that you know every character in that story you're fully invested no matter how much screen time they get whatever screen time they do get you are invested in their story and there is something critical that happens to that character in their development that you're like oh rah, wow yeah. okay you know so the it's whole time you're just in it's crazy man yeah. it's crazy it's, uh, and i think they do absolutely well crazy of, like the theme so everyone ties to a theme so they have this like um duality theme so everyone like every character is a foil for another character and mm. kind of, like so even if they're only in for a limited amount of time they they fit with a character so that's why yeah. like, when they do show up it's like okay it makes sense and it and it adds weight and yeah there's there's so much we can do you have a favorite character is it possible to pick a favorite character <laughs> oh very hard it's very hard it is to pick. hard yeah usually i'm hard. good at picking favorites but it's it's a tough one i've it is tough yeah, it is tough i will say because on the podcast so both me and uh tazzy were really uh into silco uh, it was the main okay so yeah yeah don't spoil anything uh you can when an episode is out you can listen to our spoiler field but i'll just say silco uh is an amazing villain yeah, what he goes through, definitely. Yeah. 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 One of the things I did want to mention is just where, I guess, where you're at now in terms of like creating stories. Because, you know, I don't know if you noticed, we had a pandemic. Mm. <laughs> how did that, how did that impact you as a storyteller? Are you, are you creating as much as you were before? Do you have things that you're, you're planning? Are you looking to go to like promote mm. conventions? Yeah, so the pandemic was very eye-opening for me. I think it helped me focus myself a bit more. I have a lot of stories. I'm always like, I think everyone does. When you're creative, you get a lot of ideas very easily. And you're like, oh, that would be a wicked story. Oh, that would be one too. You know, you start writing things down and you you, you start of, sort of kickstart different things at the same time. But um, it's very hard to finish things that way. Uh, it's very hard to do things well that way as well. And when, during the pandemic, when I heard that the creator of, Berserk Kentaro Mura passed away. Unfortunately, that was a very big eye opener for me, you know, mm. uh, because his work is unfinished. He's been working on it for just over 30 years. Uh, it is a masterpiece, but unfortunately, we will never know how it ends. And so that to me was like, oh my gosh, you know, like he was only 54, you know, and me, I'm like, I've turned 30 last year and I was like, I haven't even started my masterpiece yet, you know, my baby yeah. that I have in my mind that is sort of like the story that I want to leave behind and be like, this is what I contribute to, you know, the magazine. So that really sort of hit home with me and made me go, okay, let me, let me get focused. Let me just do it, you know? And I think the thing, the reason why I never started it was because I never thought I was good enough. You know, like I'm always like, ah, my art style, every time I create something, the next thing I go to, my art style is improved. So I'm like, now that one that I did before, is not as good as this one. <laughs> so I could have done it better, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like I'm always learning new storytelling ideas new mechanisms like I'm still trying to figure out how to do multiple characters at the same time but 
you know, like my ethos has always been jump in and figure out as you go along. So last year I decided to start that project and really get into it and sort of I really stripped out everything else I was working on and really focused on this one. So it's going to be a long project. I've already worked out I'll probably be drawing it to like I'm 60 or in my 60s. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's um, what's it called? It, yeah, exactly, exactly. A friend of mine said, you know, their, their motto for life is every day 1%. Which is you now every day do one percent more on something you know that you're working on. So I was like, yeah, as long as I keep working on it, eventually it will come out. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that it will sort of build momentum as it goes. Anyway, so yeah, so that's been that's been something that I'm working on currently, um, and will continue to work on throughout my comic career from now on. That's going to be sort of my main focus. But every now and again, I'm sort of going to do um, side projects, um, short stories for you know commissions, competitions, or anything that I think. Yeah, I can sort of manage this in a short story. I don't want to be sort of creating anything longer, longer form, longer form storytelling, um, because that will sort of pull away too much time um, from my main project. But I think that's why I guess I'm sort of not, I, I keep saying I'm coasting the scene. I'm not in the scene because I'm working on my stuff and not putting it out as frequently as, you know, other people are going to events and things. But hopefully I will start showing my face around much more. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, when you do have something um, that you do want to shout about in terms of like recent projects, we do, we've got our podcast, so you're welcome to come back and mm. talk more about it. Um, I think my final uh, question is, what does, what does success look like for you? Mm. That's changed as I've gotten older, I think. Success used to be very like, very materialistic. I think when you're young as well, that's the thing. You're like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, my, my idea or my ideal thing to do was to create, you know, like a franchise as big as One Piece. I was like, yeah, I'm going to create a story. It's going to be that big. It's going to have an animation and everything. I'm like, that's success. That's happiness. Boom. But, you know, now I'm, I'm like, I want to create, I think success for me in terms of like my comic creation, my storytelling, is just to create a story that has a message that I can leave behind to younger generations because it's very important for me to tell stories of characters from a different ethnic background, sort of more reflective of my background, um, and create a really well-crafted story that people can be like, that is amazing storytelling. It's a well-told story. The artwork's amazing, and it can stand the test of time so that it can be read in like 50 years' time and still relate and connect to people then and be remembered and, you know, have generations that people can sort of pass that down. Sort of like life lessons, I guess, things that I've learned or things that I've sort of observed yeah. from life from our community that I can incorporate into my work and and hopefully yeah pass that on that to me is very I would have done my job I would I'll be happy with creating a comic that does that okay I like it I like it I think that's a good place yeah. to uh, bring the conversation <laughs> uh, to, a, to a close I feel feeling inspired um, <laughs> so yeah Shango uh, thank you for for joining me letting us uh, in finding out a bit more about you where you come from and the work you do and yeah no, thanks for spending your time here yeah thank you for having me it's been great to to talk and share what i do hopefully i've inspired someone uh, i'm definitely going to be sharing this like with uh, we we work with uh, young people young uh, artists creators mm. who uh, like to share these stories with them and hopefully it sparks something as well so yeah no thanks cool. and uh, thank you for cool. people who are watching live people who will watch this later um, we do the casual conversations with comic creators is monthly so every month I'll be speaking to a different comic creator uh, to find out a bit more about the work they do but 
we do a bunch of stuff. So we have our own stories, uh, as you can see in our uh, Twitch overlay, we see some of our characters. Uh, these are, actually these are all real people. Um, so uh, my character is the, is the giraffe uh, over there. Uh, Taz's character is there as well, our artist Penali uh, in, the, in the top right. And then uh, Mayazuki uh, over there. So yeah, we have our own manga universe and we create stories. So you can check those stories out at mymanner.com. And we also have a podcast, I mentioned it. Uh, we talk about stories across pop culture, including Arcane. We didn't get to everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, we were very excited to cover <laughs> as much as we could, but definitely uh, check that out. And if anyone is into their video games, we also have a video game event and platform called Gamepad, where we have events and also talk to people in the games industry. And we recently launched a video game representation campaign do I look like a gamer? So you can check that out, follow along. We have some events coming up and then also have some activities. And uh, I think we'll be giving away a few t-shirts uh, here and there uh, over the spring. So yeah, definitely check that out. And then hopefully, I guess, pandemic, uh, <laughs> uh, if the pandemic allows, we'll be uh, at some conventions. So we've got some conventions in mind. We'll be showcasing our work. So it'll be good to get back to that. Yeah, so you can follow us on our social media. Uh, all our links are on the overlay, including Shango. You can follow him on Instagram, uh, check out his work. When he does have that story to share it, then you can, I'm sure it'll be uh, up on there. And uh, yeah, just follow us along, follow us on Twitch, uh, on Instagram, uh, on YouTube, and basically just everything. So uh, yeah, so my name is Nigel. This has been another Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, and we will see you again next month. <laughs>